0: The following podcast is a Conscious Waves production.
1: Hi,
2: I'm Chris. And I'm Louise. And we, we are Conscious, Conscious Waves. Waves. Welcome to another, actually, well, here we are, ready to get going on another episode of Everyday Journey Inspiring Conversations. We are. Um, We had a wonderful guest last time, and that was Ken.
1: He was so good, wasn't he? Yep. So enthusiastic.
2: And, you know, passionate. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. To know that his whole music career that he was building up to after being a cook of all things, who would have thought, Mm -hmm. um, to almost being on the brink of making it internationally, which is obviously something that was really part Mm -hmm. of his what what he thought his journey was going yeah, to be, absolutely. To have it snatched away right at the very end, yeah. and then, but he kept going, you know. And he's he's yeah, still have, been providing good and wonderful years, and
1: selling those tapes and yeah. um, doing all of his busking down at Circular Key. Yeah. yeah,
0: all of that stuff.
1: And uh, wow, we were just so enlightened with that interview with Ken,
2: especially his passion for the future,
1: yeah. definitely being
2: that ambassador for the future. And there's so many ideas of you know simple ways that people can. Mm-hmm you know, maybe be better without sort of saying that we're all bad, but, you know, like living a better life, being more kind to the environment, being loving, you know, that simple thing of just love each other.
1: Yeah, and there's that fine thread again, you know, it's loving each other, respecting each other, respecting yourself, all of those things that we have been talking about right back from Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right through to all of our guests. Yeah, and so they're
2: all thinking along the same lines of, you know, to to move forward as as a collective.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, we've got to just, I suppose, change our perception a little bit mm. about those things. There are things that we all yearn for, mm. and somehow or other, over the years, it's eroded away a little. Yeah, you know, through so whatever happens, and you know, like all of our guests have had significant things that happen in their life and it's how they get over it and mm. that, that is life that that's is your journey what happens it's the journey and we keep learning and we keep moving forward and we keep mm. you know being able to do this and we're so grateful for all the guests that have come to share with we us there very much so. their things so that you know we can all relate to a bit or learn a bit more oh, and it's
1: coming and, into their own personal space as well yeah. and and really understanding where they're coming from in their story yeah so yeah now, we have a amazing guest coming up today.
2: Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm I mean, we've nervous. been both excited about this. We have been very excited. He's had to wait a little bit to get on our, uh, to, for us to find a, a time, time that is yeah. convenient for him because he's been touring the US. Yes. So, I don't know. I'm so nervous.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, don't <laughs> be. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I mean, look, just by listening to some of these workshops so some of the things that he's put up on Facebook, he just seems to be a really down-to-earth, really lovely guy. Yeah. And and we're honored to be able to sure. be able to interview him and him give up uh, his time to be able to come and speak to us. Mm. And yeah, we're so fortunate.
2: I can't wait to hear his story because he he is an exceptionally talented musician.
0: Mm.
2: Um, he knows and has toured with. Some amazing, amazing people. I can't wait to find that out. Oh. Um, so, and some of you may be surprised that I'm calling him a musician when he is, in fact, a drummer and percussionist. But I can assure you, he is very, very in tune musically. He not only performs continually, like we said, he was just on tour, um, but he also um, produces and he composes as well, and he teaches. I so it's See, pretty much he's the he's, whole package. That's, that's
1: what I mean. Like he, he seems to be the the gentleman. Uh, Who is uh, the all round package?
2: Mm, Yeah. So we'll see how he's got to all of that in just a moment. Okay. Okay. See you soon.
0: Check out our website for podcasts, articles, inspiration, and more. Have you signed up for our monthly newsletter? Go to www.consciouswaves.life and join us to receive yours now. Well, we're back. We're back.
2: And it's so exciting. So,
1: oh,
0: no. a few
2: technical issues along the way, we though, but we, we eventually got Wilfredo yeah. Reese Jr. How exciting! exciting. So I know. So, he's away from the US. He's done some amazing things to get himself here. And we're so very, very grateful
0: mm-hmm.
2: at, for your generosity of time and that you're willing to chat to just two people from the south coast of New South Wales in Australia yeah <laughs> and share your journey with us. So, a very, very big welcome and thank you for coming. Um, how do, how would people best know you? Like, I mean, we know you because we're musicians, we sort of get it, but um, you're going to probably share with us so much about your amazing performing career, but I know you've done way more than that. But what is probably your biggest claim to fame?
3: Well, like I tell everybody, uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm sorry about the hiccup with the Zoom and all that. That's um, Okay. I uh and 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 I'm talking you guys are in tomorrow land, uh a day after. That's yeah. it, yeah. Well, I'm still in the past. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Love
3: that. You know, um, uh, well, I I don't call it fame, but you know, uh certain amount of success is definitely not an elevator going up, it's the a stairways and with a lot of steps and it's like one step at a time. So I started basically Uh, I was born in Cuba, was raised in Puerto Rico, and at age 12, I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. And my dad and my whole family were musicians, so at age 12, I started drum lessons and percussion, all kinds of percussion. And so by age 16, I was already working professionally in Las Vegas. One of the first performers that gave me uh, a chance to play percussion with her was the Hollywood actress, Debbie Reynolds.
2: Oh, wow. Uh,
3: Yes. And so uh, and also a lot of these uh, performers, I there's a saying that says, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. Well, I was always ready. So I she became like a mentor in between shows, hanging out uh, with her in between shows because we did a show at eight and a show at 12. And from there on, you know, we develop a friendship. I work with her through high school. Then I entered college studying music. And on my second year, I was always working in Las Vegas, whether a lounge or a top 40 band. And then I got to audition uh, for the uh, Lola Falana. was a big, big star in Las Vegas in those days. And then from there on, I worked with her from 77 to 79. And in that time, then I started working. And basically, it's word of mouth. You know, one contractor says, oh, call this guy. He did a great job over there. Hey, I saw this guy. And so um, I I started working with Doc Samuelson and then Connie Stevens, Paul Anka and Ben Vereen. And then from there on, I actually decided to move to L.A. to up the level to recording. And it was a a long haul, you know, uh, paying dues, 1980 through 1984. I did a bunch of jazz performances with Tania Maria, a Brazilian pianist, then Sergio Mendes. And then I started working with David Lindley, which was a guitar player with Jackson Brown. And through David Lindley, I would say, he was the door, through him, I met Jackson Brown, uh, uh, Bonnie Raid, and recorded with Jackson Brown and so on and on and on. And one of the guys that actually sat in with us, David Lindley, it was an an album, I think, called Working Class Man. I believe it was uh, Jimmy Barnes came in in San Francisco and he sat in and he sang Mercury Blues and I didn't know who he was. Afterwards, I got off station. I told him, "Man, you sing great! You're a great singer." He goes, "Well, thank you." He goes, "Hey, have you ever been to Australia?" I said, "No." He goes, "Well, would you like to come sometime to Australia?" I go, "Sure, I would love to." And he did. He called me to play the barnstorming tour of 1988, and I worked with Jimmy five months. Uh, we went all over Australia so I got to see your beautiful country we started in the outback Mm -hmm. and then we did uh, from Cross Harbor you name it all the cities in Australia and Perth and and so then in New Zealand and then after I got back I joined Santana
2: yeah I thought I'd read that I'm going wow how amazing that's so exciting
3: So then, you know, to fast forward Santana until 1993, Traffic with uh, Steve Winwood, 1994, and from Robbie Robertson, 1995. And then from 1997 to 2004, I worked with Steve Winwood mainly. And in between those, I did Gloria Estefan, Buscax, and a bunch of different artists. And then uh, from 2007 to um, 2011, I was working with Lindsey Buckingham. And in 2012, I joined Chicago, and here I am. It brings us to 2023. Yeah.
2: Wow. Oh, that that is super. Look, that was just so many names that I know that, you know, are just just lining them up, you know. I don't know how many people know that many people that are so great. So all of those experiences, so you've gone from, you know, Latin stuff to, I'd, I'd say, lounge stuff. Then you've got have you had your jazz thing. You've had then Jimmy Barnes, which is nothing, not like, you know, that's like full on. Um, do you have a favourite sort of style or a favourite sort of ear? That would be hard to pick with all of those experiences, I'd say.
3: Well, you know, it's really important. I always say that if, uh, especially to some of my students, I teach when I'm off with Chicago. I love to teach because I was a student and I still am.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
3: love to take lessons if there's something that I don't know, Mm -hmm. which is always something that I don't know. And I like to take lessons and I'll, I'll tell anybody that I see that is amazing. And man, can I get a lesson with you? The thing is, you can play drums like here in my room and play your favorite things and all that. But just like cooking, you know, I cook a few dishes really well, and some of them are probably better than in a restaurant, but I'm not in the restaurant business. You know, if you just play for fun in your house and it's therapeutic, that's really great. You can be a great drummer, a great musician. But once you enter the music business, basically my whole 51 years this year in the business, 51 since I was 16, my motto is tempos, grooves that feel good for the for the artist or the client and styles. So basically. You have to be versatile. So you have to know a lot of different styles, just Mm -hmm. like you cannot just cook a burger in a restaurant and somebody asks you for like a veggie burger or a soup. Oh, no, we don't do that. So, you know, you have to be even even the fast food restaurants that only, you know, they're known for selling only burgers. They are versatile. They have a salad and they have desserts and oh, you use one coffee. Oh, we have coffee. So you have to be versatile in the music business if you are a working musician.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: I don't really have a, a preference. I mean, I love Latin, Latin jazz. I love jazz. I love folkloric music. I rock. You know, uh, oh, you know, just on the Latin field, there's Brazilian. Every country has a different style salsa. Mm -hmm. Um, classical I've done uh, at the university when I was at university I used to be part of the chamber orchestra oh wow Um, very challenging pieces of music and so sometimes in in those days in Las Vegas I was like with a tuxedo in the chamber orchestra and then take off my tuxedo put my bell bottoms and go to the club and play (laughs) top 40.
2: I I love that idea of being versatile especially as a percussionist, I'm nowhere near in that sort of way of playing, but I've played in bands, you know, since I was a kid and now I'm a music teacher and I run the concert band at, at a school. And trying to give a nice lot of variety is always best for the audience. So if you're going to, like I take my bands on a small tour and, you know, you've got to have some pop songs, you've got to have a serious song, you've got to have something that challenges the kids, you've got to have some fun stuff, if you've got a drummer that can stay in time, I tell you what, I am the happiest person in the world.
3: Like,
0: <laughs> just gotta have some. Well, that's
3: to- a that's a very good point. So, I, I my dad always told me, you know, it's great to be a solo and you know to show off and all that. But Steve Gadd is a great uh, drummer that I admire. Yep. He has a saying: the groove. I mean, the fills give you thrills, and the groove pays the bills
2: oh very nice Uh, that's a good sign
3: yeah you can never go wrong with keeping a feel-good groove and playing time Mm. if you can do a solo well great but the moment before the solo you should be able to construct great grooves that feel good to whatever whoever you're working or whatever piece of music you're recording so you basically are a service to whoever's hiring you and the colors of your drums is it? What kind of symbols? Is it a muffled more uh, drum sound or m- an open rock sound, a jazz sound? I mean, you know, you always have to basically. It's like a, like again, like a restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. do you want hot sauce or you don't want hot sauce? Mm-hmm. Because you know, you have to know and ask, like like uh, the service business. So when you go to a restaurant, I have the money. I want I want a steak or don't make my tacos spicy. I'm the one that dictates. So mm-hmm. as a musician, I'm like in the kitchen. And I got this, this is my kitchen right here. Yeah. I got a studio. The last Chicago album uh, we recorded during the pandemic, I recorded with this drum set right here. Mm-hmm. And then I would record the, uh, the songs here, uh, get instructions from the producer and send the files. And so, like, it's a modern time right now. So we have a lot of technology. But the the main thing that that I the point is that you know, if you're a working musician, you have to say like you're in the service business because you work for other people. If you start your band, then you do what you want to do. When you're working for other musicians, which I have a long list, and the older I get, the longer it gets. <laughs> like for example, Jimmy. You know, Jimmy Barnes, he would ask me, you know, this let's do this song about right here. So he's dictating the tempo, and this is just like a straight ahead Mm -hmm. rugby, like ACDC. Okay, Mm -hmm. he's giving me information of what he wants, what he needs. So Mm -hmm. I give him that. Uh, it's not what I want, and it's not about me. It's uh, that that happens when I do my own band, my own trio. So then I'm the leader. So that's the kind of thing that uh, a lot of musicians don't really get mm. that you know you're not uh hired to show off and and uh you know do your purpose the The purpose is to please the artist and to work for the artist so that's a really important work ethic mm. and you know the the styles that you uh for example like chicago mm-hmm. and santana and actually Steve Winwood, they drew from many, many styles. Wow.
0: So yeah.
3: with Chicago, there's a song named Introduction, which was the first song of the first album, CTA, that in that song alone, there's about six different styles, odd times, 4-4, four, four, we play 5-4, jazz, Latin, bossa nova, hard rock, you <laughs> know, so there's a, in one song. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mm yeah chicago suits me when it comes to styles
2: (laughs) yeah oh they're amazing they always have been
3: yeah
2: i I love how you've put that so eloquently i cannot wait to share that with a lot of students who you know it it really has become all about them and and they so worry about whether they're good enough rather than actually putting that basis in you put Mm -hmm. that that that's That's beautiful. Maybe we should should have a quick break on that one, let that sink in, and then we'll be back with some more questions. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. Let's have a
1: break.
0: Introducing Everyday Journey, Inspiring Conversations, the show that brings you the most incredible, inspiring, and heartwarming stories straight from the lives of remarkable individuals. Each week, join us on a journey where we meet people who have experienced the extraordinary, do some remarkable things, or make a real difference in the people around them. Our podcast features an incredible array of guests who will leave you in awe. We believe that everyone has a story worth telling, and through this podcast, we provide a platform for these remarkable individuals to share their experiences, inspire others, and remind us all of the power of the human spirit. Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and moved by the stories that will stay with you long after the episode ends.
2: Oh, well, we're back with Wally. How good yeah, is this so far?
0: It's
2: really good, isn't it? <laughs> so exciting. I'm so uh, glad you that came. That's a
1: lovely guy. Uh,
2: I, yeah. And I love everything that he said so far. And I, I think yeah. in the break we were talking about as musicians how important it is for us to work as a team. Thanks. And, yeah. you know, I think you were alluding at that before with, you know, you've got your job, but we've all got our job. And no one, per- one person might lead it, but really no one more person is more important than the yeah. other in, in making music yeah. either. That's right yeah yeah so one thing that is always tricky I know that there was one particular challenging moment for me when I was learning my clarinet and it was always stuck with me but I got over it so I I could probably tell that what was something that was really difficult for you to learn when you were you know or or what you've had to learn going through
3: well it took a, a long time you know when you're young it's very natural. Uh, you're, you're, you're absorbing so much. And of course, the more you get experience, I, it, it took me a while to learn that, you know, we sacrifice ourselves to study and practice and many hours and practice and study. And you are playing, like me, for example, playing drums as a vehicle to create music with other musicians. So the drum set is basically just a vehicle. To make this ensemble be part of an ensemble, whichever ensemble it is, whether it's Chicago, Robbie Robertson, Mickey Hart, whatever. But the thing is, uh, you you have to realize that you're playing for a purpose. So the audience, for example, for with Chicago, I guess know your purpose of what is it that you're doing with this music. If it is a dance troupe, so you got to. Keep the tempos. Make sure every night consistency. If it is a, a dance dance uh, situation, then you got to make the people dance. If you get a drum solo, don't lose the dancer. Make sure you play a rhythmic drum solo. So then the dancers stay. If you're playing, for example, for example, like an audience like Chicago, you're playing the soundtrack of all these people's life. So you're playing for the audience. Mm. At the end of the day, you know the the audience because. Us playing for ourselves, it's one thing, but playing for an audience and actually you're, you're playing music and you're in the moving business. You, you gotta, the purpose is to make the audience move mentally, spiritually, physically,
0: Hmm.
3: emotionally. If you do that, you're done your job. Yeah. You know, you get the people dancing or you start doing a beat and all of a sudden they stand up and they start. So then you're affecting people. So basically, music is a powerful language. And it took me a long time to learn the phrase, there is life past the symbols."
0: Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah.
3: It's really easy for a drummer to get behind the real estate that is the drum set with the symbols and all that. That's why I started doing those drum cam videos, because people were saying, I can never see you. I can feel you but your symbols block you so there's like my real estate symbols and then but there's live past the symbols there's the band the bass player on the left the keyboard player on the right and you as a drummer i have to come out of that smile have eye contact have a, a vibe with the band and the audience i like to see the audience i like to see the reaction from the audience so you just cannot stay on the drum chair in this real estate so basically you're playing to create to move your bandmates and the audience that's why you are playing the instrument that you're playing to Mm. to move people with music yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah, that's a great lesson
1: yeah I, i find that you go to a lot of concerts and there's exactly what you were saying like. When you come out of a concert, you know, it's gone really fast, you feel like you've been totally absorbed into the show, and you feel, wow, that was really, really good. And, and I think it's exactly the analysis that uses like inviting everybody in and, and affecting them in all different shapes and forms. And and I have been to a few that have done absolutely totally the opposite, of yeah, course. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 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 just playing the routine. And it's sad because sometimes that happens. It's really easy to do, like, you know, to do this because you do have to basically repeat the concerts. And when you go on tour, that, that's a whole other subject. A lot of musicians don't have the discipline to actually uh, do something great one night. And guess what? We got 90 shows to go. Yeah. So are you going to be as great or greater by the f- 60th show? The fifty, the fortieth show—it's uh, not just a one night. Mm. So basically, sometimes that's really difficult, and it takes a specific discipline.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. How do you yeah. prepare yourself for that? Like mm. when you when you do a tour, like say okay, like with Chicago, how do you mentally prepare yourself in in, in that case? Like, say you come up to say show fifteen or show twenty, and, and, and still have that mental capacity. What do you do to shape yourself for that?
3: Well for a drummer again like you know my my motto tempos grooves and styles so you got the songs down so the artist for example Lindsey Buckingham was very specific and so was uh, Steve Winwood and Chicago uh, beginnings Robert Lamb wants it a little faster than the original tempo so it's not just one night he wants it like that every night so basically the first thing that I do, if you send me, for example, we got, I'm going to do a, a gig with you and we're going to go on tour and you send me a list of songs, I'm going to notch down the tempo. And I have a, a little clicker right here that I use. For example, if you go... Uh, so, so basically, we are in 120. Mm-hmm. so okay so and the guy goes man that's the groove right there so now i i know that i gotta start the tempo at 120 mm-hmm. and tomorrow and the next day and the next, the next day, day and that song will always be 120 i worked with steve winwood for 10 years and i can tell you that like can't find my way home was 87 for 10 years
0: wow
3: And he liked it like that. And when I played it maybe one night, notched the tempo a little faster, and he noticed, was that a little faster, Wally? He goes, yeah, and put it back where it was. You know, uh, that matters. So once you find the right tempo, you gotta be consistent. So consistency Mm -hmm. is the word. The discipline to be consistent. And fills. So when I started with Chicago, as a drummer, I was started with percussion and then I went to drum set in 2018. Lee Lockney told me, Wally, congratulations on your new job as a drummer with Chicago. But there's one thing I asked of you. I never want to worry where one is after one of your drum fills. Yes. And I said, oh yeah, that won't happen. You'll never have to worry. Okay, thank you. Meaning that it's not my showtime every time there's a drum fill. A drum fill is basically helping the band. I'm setting up the band for the next section. So why would I want to mess up the band and rush or drag or alter the groove yeah. for a drum fill? And so, uh, so I'm very conscious of I call it manners because the same manners you use off stage you should have on stage, uh-huh. and that's being considerate compassionate, forgive quickly. If I make a little mistake, the show's not over and it's not gonna bring me down. It's like, it's in the past. That's it, it happened, oh, I messed up. Cover it and continue forward. You, f- you have to forgive yourself really quickly and then become considerate. If the singer is stepping into the microphone and you're doing an intro, you bring it down. Like what does the singer have to say? Okay, now the guitar solo. Is, is coming. So I play a li- a little different setup and color for the guitar, and then I go back the singer. So basically, it's like a conversation. When you're conversing with people, you got to be humble, literate, compassionate. You know, uh, wh- what do you do if you have a hiccup or you have a burp in a conversation? You go, "Oops, excuse <laughs> me," and you continue forward. So that happens in on stage. Yeah. yeah. So on stage, off stage, off stage.
2: Some of our people who listen to our podcasts are probably not like all musicians, I wouldn't imagine. So it's lovely that you've put that in because a lot of people go, if, you, if you're if you not into music or you don't understand this sort of thing, they have no idea how important mm-hmm. each role is, and I think you've put that beautifully. beautifully. Drums That's aren't true. just there to keep the time and, you know, hold everything together. There's so much more, and I love it's that the you, color, color and then you, mm-hmm. you actually do introduce uh, another section and, and, and another performer and and all of those things well, and another it. thing that I love. And see, I love a lot about this. You can tell <laughs> <laughs> is that um, there, there's a lot of difference and and young people I don't think are seeing it the same. They don't over in Australia anyway. We don't see as many live acts anymore. You know, we don't. We're not seeing the people performing live, and I think that they forget that there are little mistakes and you have got to get on. You know, like uh, they may, uh, I think kids make a big deal of a mistake and they stop and try and fix it. And, you know, instead of actually realising that music, and I've been saying it as a mantra for the last couple of years, music's not a perfect art form unless it's in the recording studio. And, you know, uh, this sort of leads to another bit. I know that you've been doing a lot of recording and you've produced things as as well. How much do you get when you do those things? Do you let those slips go or do you get rid of them in Mm -hmm. recordings?
3: Uh, You mean when you make a mistake? Yep. Um, Yeah. Well, today is really crazy because there's a football coach, a famous football coach that had a saying, we're humans and humans are not perfect species. You know, only God is perfect. Trying to be perfect. We're always to strive for perfection because on the way to strive for perfection, we become uh, great. Mm-hmm. So even though you might never reach perfection and perfection, you might, might do some things that are just perfect. And sometimes in recording, sometimes you might, might study it, you know, the the tune and then you, you play with your team and it comes out perfect. So it's like, great. So you celebrate. Sometimes it takes a second take. Sometimes it takes three takes. If you're doing a four take and it's not working or something, maybe you should stop and go, maybe, Let's restudy the situation because it's not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it should flow as as perfect as possible. Everybody makes mistakes, and we all have bad nights. You know, for example, I just went to see recently a concert of this group called the, the Dixie Chicks, but uh, right. they're uh they're country rock. Uh and the singer had a cold and she said it and she had this vapor in her nose, like in the microphone. So basically it was like. Vicks Rub, or something uh, was uh, because she it, it was either cancel the concert or go for it. Mm. The show must go on. And she did it. And after that concert, she had to cancel four because oh, wow. she obviously gave it all. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the band's uh, perspective or, or her perspective, it was 80 percent. But to us, it was an amazing show. So she gave it all she got, she had, and it was good enough to do a great show. Was it perfect? Maybe not for her, for her but
0: mm-hmm. for a
3: lot of the people, it was a great show. And so sometimes every night is not different. I've had to play with a flu in 2018 that I I thought I was never gonna come out of the bed, let alone get on stage. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's ups and downs. So you have, sometimes mistakes happen, But when you do a mistake, it's about how well you cover it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mistakes, you will do. But how well you cover it, it's the thing. And the show must go on. Forgive it. Forgive yourself. And move forward. Mm -hmm. And smile. And, you know, Chicago, sometimes some of our, our guys, you know, like Lee, sometimes, I mean, that guy practices every day. He's such a dedicated, passionate musician that he, at his age, and at being Lee Lockney from Chicago, he practices every day that trumpet. And yeah. sometimes you know it's, it's rough or whatever the weather or it's dry or he doesn't hear himself. And you you miss a note or I drop a stick. Sometimes I cannot let that dictate the the the, the course of the show. I drop the mm-hmm. stick. I grab another one, and here we go. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: And that's the attitude forward. Palante in Spanish. That's uh, one one saying that it's like. No matter what, you go forward because the past three seconds ago is the past, so it's gone. So uh, and and um, and the the whole thing that we were talking about, uh, just to be, you know, have be the best musician you can be on stage. Then that's a two-hour thing because we have a two-hour show. Then it ends, and then we got twenty-two hours that we have to hang out with each other, go to an airport tour bus taxis, meals we share together, then you got best musician on stage, best human being off stage, mm. because that affects what happens on stage. If the band is like this off stage and you have a great uh, teamwork and you uh, you like each other and uh, have consideration with with each other and look out for each other, then you have the strength that when you hit that stage, it just feels before you even played a note, you know, that it's almost like, okay, I'm ready for battle. <laughs> you
0: know, yeah.
1: you know yeah.
3: and I got a good team, but if you're not sure of your team and you don't trust the person behind you, how can you go together for battle? He yeah. might shoot you on the trenches, you know? So like, so that's uh, something that is really important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, the off stage is what makes bands break up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah I, I
2: agree with that you know then and then the ego comes in instead of actually like you said working with the team you've just got one or two people that just go oh you know i'm a bit better than this or you know they're willing to point the finger and then and you know the magic fall apart. The magic
3: goes yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I exactly
3: agree. i yeah. i agree yeah. yeah yes certainly yeah.
1: All right. Well, we might take one more break and then we're going to come back and you're going to ask. Oh, yeah, I think there's two questions left, isn't there? Two more questions. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll be back. Are you ready to dive deep into the world of consciousness and personal growth? Look no further than Conscious Conversations, the podcast that takes you on a journey of self-discovery and transformation hosted by a dynamic husband and wife team who are experienced coaches and thought leaders. This podcast offers insightful and inspiring conversations about a range of topics from aligning values, mindfulness and meditation to relationships and communication. Each week, they will share their unique perspectives and wisdom on how to live a more conscious and fulfilling life.
2: Oh, well, we're back again. We're
0: back again. Um.
2: Anyway, we've, we've talked great a little bit in that break time about a really terrific little story. So I'll get you to share this one first. Let's When you're in the eighth grade, mowing lawns, yes?
3: Yeah, I used to, in Puerto Rico, it's very humid and the grass grows every week. And so I used to be, we didn't have gardeners. I had, you know, jobs like washing the car, mowing the lawns. And then I started mowing the neighbor's lawns and they paid me, you know, $10, which was a lot of money for an eighth grader. Mm -hmm. And so I heard beginnings on the radio. Uh, we used to have a rock station, you know, British, uh, the Beatles, uh, the Rolling Stones, the Guess Who, you name it. Uh, all the bands that were like of that era, 1968, 69, something like that. And so uh, so I heard Beginnings and I went, oh, my God, who is that? And they said, uh, they said, uh, that's CTA, Chicago Transit Authority. And I went, that's a weird name. That sounds like a bus or something, you know. <laughs> You know, and so like I went to a a store, Gemco, you know, it was like a Walmart kind of place. Then I went to the record department and there they were CTA. So I bought the record. Then I remember the whole album I loved. uh, And I used to stare at the guys, you know, and know who played who. And I visualized, man, wouldn't that be amazing to play this music in front of live audience? That's like a dream. Mm -hmm. You know, what I realized is that the root of our destiny is in our thoughts Mm -hmm. because, you know, our our thoughts, our dreams, our fantasies. I mean, if you already are creating it here, now part two is creating it in the reality. So if you would have told me you're going to be playing with that band that I first bought my first record. Uh, I would have laughed, and my, by the way, my third record that I bought was Abraxas of Santana, the same thing. I looked at the cover and I saw the the band, and I got to play with those guys. And so, uh, I I did not set out to do that. I set out basically. I didn't set out to be famous or the best drummer in the world. None of that. All I wanted was I took drum lessons to get really good at the drum set and use the drum set as a vehicle. To create music, like with, the, with these kind of guys with these bands, mm-hmm. and but it happened that it led me to those bands that I used to listen to when I was a kid, and I oh, think it's a blessing. Nice. I don't know what it is, but it happened to me, and uh, I got to you know once you know these guys. Uh, for example, with Chicago, we talked this uh, with our band members. Uh, you know Robert is Robert and Jimmy Pankow, the trombone player, the uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's Jimmy and Lee is Lee, and I go, "Hey Lee, what's happening, uh, man? I got to tell you about this restaurant." And we're friends, mm. but sometimes I'm on stage and Robert, you know, is playing guitar, and he goes, "When I'm with you, da, da, da. and it's beginnings." And right now, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> um, uh, I, I remember. The first time I heard that song in my parents' bedroom because they had the good radio, and that was the song. And I heard that song the first time, and now I'm on stage with Robert Lamb and Lee and Jimmy, and I'm going, you
2: know, that's wonderful. Oh, thank you for that. And look, I, I love that big uh, thing that, you know, if you've got a Got it in your head. I mean, you know that that then comes to fruition. I Mm, I think that that's one
1: hundred percent.
2: So, is there one standout moment? And this could be too hard because you you produce, you compose, you teach as well as perform. So, there's got to be one sort of thing that you. I'm so glad that happened to me.
3: Oh, there's (laughs) many of those. Yeah, there's many of those. I'll tell you one that is very personal to me. So, my daughter Liliana. I think she actually went to Australia with George Benson. So she was in her, she was studying music at at University of Southern California for a music degree. And on her last year, so she played some percussion, but not a lot. So she was a vocalist, Mm -hmm. beautiful singer, Liliana De Los Reyes. And so uh, I was living in LA. Also, she was going to go, going to college. She got called to audition for George Benson and she made, the audition. So now George Benson is was saying, Liliana, isn't your father a percussionist? And your grandpa and your, your other brother plays with Zach Brown band, my, my brother Danny. And uh, you play percussion. So she said, Yeah, he goes, Well, I would love, love to have a, a singer, a girl singer percussionist. Can you do that? He goes, uh, sure. And she <laughs> went to the bathroom and texted me. He goes, Dad. <laughs> they're asking me if I play percussion, what should I say? And I, I definitely knew her talent. And with George Benson, I knew the music well. And I said, when is the first show? And it goes two months from now because it was November, Christmas was coming. And then the tour was starting like in February. Mm-hmm. And I said, tell them yes and get your butt here eight hours a day. This boot camp all the percussion, and I'm gonna teach you what you have to do in each song. So we did that for about three or four weeks, and George had auditions again for girls that played percussion and sang. Now, she was very nervous on that second audition, and she went for the audition, and uh, she got it also. (laughs) And there was a lot of girls that were really great percussionists, but they didn't sing as well as my daughter.
0: Mm. So
3: since 2014, she's been the singer percussionist with George Benson. And I went to some of the first shows and then I went later on and George loves her and the band loves her. And and she has uh, carved a beautiful name in LA where a lot of the musicians that I admire come to me and tell me, Man, I work with your daughter. She's amazing, uh-huh. and so that really fills my heart. Also, of course, my oldest son is an incredible artist, drummer, composer, mm. painter, photographer, oh, wow. and my youngest son, incredibly, uh, is and has an incredible talent. Although he decided not to be in the music business, and he's a bartender. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm very proud of my three uh, children. And but Liliana, that was one of the special moments that I was able to um, give her exactly like how my dad gave me. My dad told me, son, you might wanna study law or medicine, but I'm gonna teach you what I know, just in case you wanna play drums, just in case you wanna play uh, music and make some money while you're in medicine, medical school. Mm. But of course, medical school and law school never happened. I became a musician and so did my daughter, Liliana.
2: Oh, that's uh, beautiful. A, that's, um, awesome. that's a beautiful thing to share. I'm so pleased it was something yeah. like so personal. I would yeah. have actually thought about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's
3: beautiful. beautiful. All
2: right, so the big question that we ask all of our podcast guests, all right, so you've got them, just say everybody in the world could listen to you at the moment. What's one bit of advice you'd like to give people that you think can help them on their way?
3: Uh, to the musicians, you know, it's never late, uh, first of all, to start playing because you will bring your life experiences you know i have students that are from 70 to 60s to 50s 40s and down all the way to youngsters you have to first of all love to be able to play the instrument and have a passion for the instrument because if you don't then it, when once you start getting on the road and becomes bumpy then you're gonna quit easy. But if you really, really have the passion to play an instrument, whether it's at your house by yourself or going to listen to somebody playing the instrument, that's you have to have the love and the passion. Secondly, do you wanna take this passion and make a living out of it? Now, that's a whole other thing than just playing for fun. We should all play for fun an instrument. It doesn't matter who you are because it's therapeutic, It's really great. Students that play musical instruments do better in math. So, but if you want to actually become a career musician, then there's more involved. And you have to take the steps to, uh, once you become good at your instrument, now you got to advertise what you do. You got to make connections. You got to study the business of music and get to know people and sometimes, like I did, I was very comfortable working in Vegas and living in Vegas, but I consciously moved to LA and I went from Vegas and I went down and spent like about three or four years paying dues consistency until I got the gig that was important that got me into another better gig. So it's you first of all, you if if things don't happen, you got the instrument in you and you're loving to play it. But now you have to advertise and take it as a business. So it's almost like, just because it's a music business, it's no different than the restaurant business and the mall or a car business. You gotta sell you. Yeah. And today we have a, I tell some of my students, do you have a website? Are you putting your videos on Instagram and Facebook and all the other, he goes, no. I'm not good enough yet. Go No, you'll never be a good enough. I mean, I'm still practicing and learning, but don't wait till you decide that you're good enough many years from now to advertise all this work. So you have to advertise what is it that you can offer and then meet other musicians. The more musicians you play with and meet, and always play your best every time that happens. Mm-hmm. Never burn a bridge. Uh, so that that is, it takes, like I said at the beginning of the interview, it's not a quick elevator going upwards. It, mm-hmm. It's not. It's like a long staircase. And sometimes there's hiccups and the staircase breaks or there's a little injury or whatever, but you got, then you got the next step and the next step and the next step. And so, and you know, you never arrive so I started when I was 16. Haven't arrived because you know, just because you do a successful tour, every tour ends. Jimmy Barnes tour in Australia ended in February in New Zealand, and it was very sad because you made all these friends. In fact, I almost stayed in Australia. Almost, uh, Jimmy was offering me to continue and to have a job with um, Ian Moss, guitar Thank player that you. used to play with Cold Shizzle. Yeah, but I had to. I had. I had a home in L.A. and now I had a a, a lady that was pregnant, mm. so I was going to have a, a baby. So I had to go to L.A. and I did, and I got the Santana job. Nothing to do with Jimmy Barnes, but that was my next step. And uh, so you know, there's no. I've arrived. I'm successful, mm. uh, because the minute that happens, you're dead. You got to continue to up the level and there's always something else. You know, during the pandemic right here, I had a set of drums, I was giving lessons one-on-one and I was uh, recording some things, but then I would send the files to an engineer. But during the pandemic, I had to reinvent myself and learn Mm -hmm. how to be an engineer. Now, I I didn't know about microphones and recording and I'm not an engineer, but I have to become one because this is the, the times we're living. Uh, a drummer, a percussionist, a musician today is expected to, to know how to record themselves and send the files to the producer. And I do a lot of recordings right here and send the files to anywhere in the world. Mm. It's not like I had to travel to Australia to do a session. If there's a musician from Australia, hey, can you put drums? I saw you in the video. I go, sure. We like, We're talking right now he can tell me what he wants. And I just send files from here and to all different parts of the world, sometimes percussion, sometimes both drums and percussion. So that's a new thing. I didn't know how to do that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So just to show you that there's always a new challenge, a new goal, and it's exciting, Mm -hmm. you know, because I will get bored if somebody tell me that's it. There's nothing else to learn. I will go. Really? really? That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah, I 100% agree. Hundred You've got to love the way of learning because it, it does keep. Look, there's no way that you look like you've been in this uh, just for fifty-one years. Like you know, you you look young and vibrant. And you're enthusiastic Fantastic. and you've got a lot of energy. There'd be people possibly your age that are thinking that that's it. They've mm. got no goals. They've got nothing to look forward and I think to. And that's I, it. Definitely, yeah. that's it. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful mm. attitude yeah. to have. So, yeah, you're you're the living example. Yeah. Good on
3: you. Well, you know, I, I saw a, a, a real uh, little video that they were interviewing Mick Jagger when he was in his early 20s with the Rolling Stones. Early 20s, he had his long shag. And they said, uh so you guys are really successful do you plan to do this until like you're uh very old, like in your 80s? And and he goes, Oh yeah, uh, until I die. And he goes, Really? You want to go on stage with a cane when you're 80? And all of a sudden he goes, Yeah, that was when he was in his 20s. Then then they showed a video of him 80. Running around the stage, no cane. Okay.
2: Okay. He's
3: running around the stage singing and dancing for two hours. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And that's an inspiration to me because if if he can do it at 80 like that, I'm going to be doing it.
2: Yeah. yeah, good yeah, off you. Perfect. And we'll be coming to lots of those concerts, yeah. I like. think.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
0: well, well, thank you so, so very much,
2: much for, for joining us today thank and you. getting through your technical stuff and sharing so much stuff. It's, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute
1: pleasure. And we're so, yeah, we're so blessed. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, all I'm, miss I
3: miss going time. to Australia and I'm hoping any gig or any tour that goes because I want to really, really go back Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a, a beautiful country, beautiful cities. I mean, you got all the different different climates. Yeah. I mean, I remember Coffs Harbor. I thought I was in Cuba. I remember walking and there was like planting uh, a jungle of planting trees. And I'm going, whoa, wait a second. And then you go to Melbourne and it was like raining a lot in those days. And I was going, this, this is like Seattle. And then you got the ocean. You got the inland. Perth looked yes. like a, a West in the United States, like Utah and New Mexico is drier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really, really loved the people, Australia. And uh, there's uh, so many great musicians, so many great bands. I have a, a a drummer friend that we always communicate. He wants to take a lesson, uh, but we haven't been able to hook up yet. But mm-hmm. there's uh, he's a great young drummer. And, uh, uh, you know, th- th- there's a. Uh, I love to see that because it gives me. He's in Australia, but there's no barriers for this guy, so he's listening to Coltrane, Miles Davis, all the latest jazz, rock, Latin. Mm -hmm. He knows. He he speaks to me like if he was in Cuba. Then I'm going. This is amazing. So today there's no excuse that oh over here I don't have that. You can study and you can become anything you want Mm -hmm. because. Hey, we have YouTube these days. Anytime yeah, not, I have a question, I go to YouTube, and there it is. Yeah, so yeah, you can sure? learn, right? You can yeah. learn. The other day, uh, a friend of mine, she's the mother of five. Wow! And oh, yeah. she goes, "Oh, I love YouTube." And I, I thought she was going to say she saw Taylor Swift or something, and she goes, "Oh no, I, I changed a carburetor in my car just watching YouTube." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? And so that goes to show you, uh, there's there's no excuse today. You gotta die for it. Yeah, Yeah, and that's and that's
1: and that's what we do with our um, podcasting. Now we say we can we can go anywhere around the world. There's no there's no barriers. Yeah, yeah, we
2: can.
1: That's right. Yeah, there's no barriers. Hundred percent. Well, thank you so much once again for your time and and getting through all of that hookup stuff.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm honored. I'm honored yeah. to have you um, and here all in my phone.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <it's fine. laughs> and because all the of you, the I got,
3: yes, I, I got a new Zoom. It was not working before.
2: Yeah, I know.
3: So now, be right. now I know how to Zoom really good. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how long does your tour for this time with Chicago?
3: Well, Chicago does about eight months a year, like on and off. So we do like three weeks, then we come home for two. I'm going and like in about four days, I'm going back on tour for about three weeks. Then I come back for two. And it's mainly in the United States right now. But these guys, they really know how to do it. You know, we got, instead of one bus for the whole band, we got three buses. Uh, We check out and uh, check in 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 nice hotels. We don't sound check. We just arrive, do the concert and leave. So our crew is very, the best crew in the world these guys are musicians and crew members wow. and they sound check the instruments for us and the sound so we basically arrive at six for a 7 30 show and then we have dinner after the show and go to the next town mm.
0: Mm.
2: Oh, mm. So they, they do
3: it the right way
2: yeah nice oh that's good i'm so pleased look we'll be looking out watching all your other videos your lives and uh and
3: safe travels yeah. as they say
2: yeah and it was Thank lovely you. to Thank have you, you. Thank you so much. Thank
3: you. One day we'll see you in Australia.
1: Oh, 100% and
2: we'll be there. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Lovely to meet you. Thanks so much.
3: Okay. See you. Thank you. Hello to everybody and we'll see you next time.
0: Wow. Well, Wilfredo
2: well, Reese Jr. Mm. What an what a great attitude he has. I love his attitude of always wanting to learn, never you've never learned enough.
1: Yeah. 100%. And that positive
2: attitude. And you know, just a yeah. you can just tell he's just a really genuine person that, you know, and lives he, life to the full and has great. I love that he's used the word manners.
1: Yes, but, I mean, definitely. He treats, see this. treats
2: people well. Well,
0: yeah.
2: I think, you know, that, that is. I don't know if it's rare, maybe not so much in the really upper echelon of music. Maybe the really great guys, that's why they're still there because that's what they are. Yeah. But, I mean, you can hear some things and, and some stories, and it, isn't it great that, you know.
1: He just tells his story through music. Yeah. And, and and how being true to yourself. Yeah. All of those things that were just coming. And being
2: of service. I mean, yeah. that was a lovely way of putting it as well. Like, I mean, yep. he would be getting so much out of it himself, but being of service to yeah, not only them the main artist, but the the audience. I mean, mm. this is what music does. It just brings us all together. And yeah, and, what, um,
1: and and he would also say, what's in the past is in the past. So when you make mistakes, you make them, but you just got to keep you move, keep moving yeah, forward. Yeah,
2: in in no matter what you do. And I think that mm. that yeah, how wonderful. Oh, it's just.
1: I oh, was
2: no. geez, I had a good time <laughs> He was such uh, a
1: lovely, lovely yep. guy, so down to earth. So um
2: hopefully we, we'll keep our let's all put out the positive vibes that, that Chicago, Chicago come to Australia. Australia. Be yeah, be
1: wonderful. And um again we express our um deepest thanks mm. to him for we had a few technical uh issues at the, at the start. But he never gave up. He just kept moving forward. Yeah. And and that obviously goes to show you the type of guy he is. Yeah, so that's really great. Um blessings to both him and his family yeah, and that. So
2: that's great. oh well that brings us to an end of that exciting everyday journey inspiring conversation. conversations. I'm Louise.
1: And I'm Chris. And, and we are Conscious, Conscious Waves. Waves. Thanks See for watching. See ya. Joining us. Bye. Bye.
0: You have been listening to Everyday Journey, Inspiring Conversations, brought to you by Conscious Waves.